0: I'll be too nervous to. I'm probably lost words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Uh,
1: Good evening, Tom. How are you?
0: Yeah, good. That's another guest that we're going to bore with that little intro, but at least every single one of them gets to hear it actually live, as opposed to pre-recorded. So. uh yeah it's good but you're uh, you're all doing well we're fine mate thank you very yourself good. yeah very well thank you mate i'm coming out of isolation tomorrow so that's always exciting um get to see the sunshine so uh well if it actually stays out but uh, yeah there we go and our uh, our other guest today is bradley todd bradley welcome
2: hello mate how you doing yeah really well thank you for
0: joining us we're uh we were very looking much forward to you coming back from uh, your travels and uh, we've been looking forward to getting you on for quite a while, so we uh, finally made it, and we've got some good golf talk about this week.
2: Definitely, mate. I'm sorry to keep you waiting for so long. Yeah,
0: as so, you yeah. like say, we were in such high demand. We uh, we were uh, very patient, and uh, here we are, mate. All, all rows lead to the Checkmasters, um, which we can start off with this week. Jason, I think um, is that where we start? Is that where we're starting? Yeah. We are Thanks starting with the Checkmasters. Yeah. I thought I'd tell you yeah. now, yeah, rather than Thanks. rather than actually getting you prepared, I thought I'd just throw it in there um (laughs) checkmasters first of the three events what i do now jason i'll tell you now what we're going to do in the order we're going to go to the uh to the fedex cup playoff event next and then we'll go into the the women's open just so that we're all very clear on what we're doing um but the the checkmasters um i don't think there's too much overthinking required for it i'm sure you've got some sort of chinese form link of some description um up your sleeve but otherwise i think it's uh i fairly straightforward affair in terms of what to look for and it's just picking the right player to do it yep yeah, I think every single
1: person that's written I and mean, when we come on on a Monday night and you put this up late on a Monday and by then there's like 78 people have ticked players there's 17 articles gone up it's unbelievable now you have to you have to be up with a lark to uh, get anywhere but yeah if you just look even at the last couple of years because you can go back and back and back but if you look the last couple of years domination of you know par 5 efforts and huge hitters um, it's, it's in front of you, isn't it? You know, um, go back to 2019. Um, so many were double figures under par on the par fives. Obviously, Pavan. Horsfield is obviously very short price jolly this week. and say Schwab. Leon, Leon Johnson. So many of them. I mean, you look at someone like Johnson, he was plus two on the par fours. Still made, still made it into the top five. Go back year before, Pavan was minus 11. Pod, minus 10. Green, minus 10. Jameson, minus 11. You know, so four, five of the top six were in double figures for the par fives. And if you do want to go back to when it sort of wasn't as dramatic, um, and you go back to Langdon, Morrison and Scott Henry on, on those leaderboards, Langdon was plus two for par fours. Morrison was plus two for par fours. Scott Henry was plus four for the par fours. And they finished in the top echelons. So, um, yeah, that's all you need. As far as I've said, par five, off tee, driving mm-hmm. distance. You know, thank you very much. Bosh it on. And as usual in sort of these European tour events, it's whoever puts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, Brad, when you look at a, a, a winner's list of uh, Thomas Peters twice in what six events, and he was second in another one as well, um, you kind of know what the formula is. He beat Adrian now here in two thousand nineteen, and Hayden Porteous as a former winner as well. That yeah. kind of gives everything away that we need to know, isn't it? it
2: certainly does. Um, but before anyone gets into it and says it, I'm not buying into this. Uh... This P nonsense that uh, the next winner has to uh, be someone beginning with a P. Like, I'm not buying into that. I know a few people have already, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a monster of a course, isn't it? And um, and it's just uh, it's going to be like par five scoring. Um, there is plenty of water involved, but like uh, yeah, it's just uh, simple as that. Really, just look for the big hitters, and um, yeah that, was it. that, that was, was it the thing isn't it I
0: think that's really it's only defence because other than the water which you know very easy to glaze over but there, there isn't rough to speak of there's nothing to really punish you outside of those uh, water hazards so um, if you can stay dry this week you're, you're pretty much looking good and, and I think that's you can it. kind yeah. of tell it can't you from the people that have done well here and people were sort of flashed here in the past it's you know, we talk about Pavan is someone that you that's know, injury-related, I suppose, but he, he's not been around for basically... It's sad, long.
2: really. He hasn't been doing it a lot. this see, I think it's miscut after miscut, isn't it? And it's just, uh, hopefully, I mean, good memories here. This might be a spot where at least he has aspirations of making the cut. Yeah, uh, and I think... Fingers crossed.
0: It's tough, isn't it? When you see someone trying to play for an injury, um, and then I imagine that the mental battering that he's taking, just going that's home it, after yeah. every every weekend he's just missing the cut one I kind of admire it to a certain extent and then the other sort I, do, of, yeah. I kind of worry whether it's the right idea whether you need to just you know he's he's got his status and the fact that he's won on 2018 and 2019 do you just take a step back and, and kind of recuperate so it's a hard one to advise on because when you look at it, he's beating Podrick Harrington and Matthew Fitzpatrick in his two wins he's he's certainly talented and he beat Tommy Fleetwood on the Challenge Tour, if you remember Jason I'm sure you do yes I'm sure you were writing about it at the time, eh? Uh, probably, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, that's fine. I, don't, I won't bring you in next time. I'll just, I'll just leave you out of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it, it is just worrying what what it is that he's going to do there. But when I look down that roll of you know list, there Hayden Porteous is out, and I sort of brought this up earlier. I read uh, Steve Rawling's preview on a couple of years ago on Betfair, and the the course designer or the course manager kind of uh, mm. linked it to a former course in Sweden um, for the the Nordia Masters and Scandinavian International in two thousand eighteen and nineteen, which makes sense because Pavan and Porteous are both sixth there in two thousand eighteen, and Donaldson was fifth in two thousand nineteen. Um, when you look at Porteous, you know he the only time he's played well this season was back at the Scandinavian Mixed at uh, a different course; he was tied ninth there. I just wonder whether there is just kind of a a sort of Scandinavian uh, link to it. Um, And and you noticed when we were talking earlier, uh, Brad, as well, that kind of a South African contingent plays with her as well.
2: Yeah, that's what I sort of noticed. Definitely. South Africans definitely prop up here. If you look back in the past history of this uh, event.
0: I think that kind of brings us all on to our kind of, I suppose, a consensus selection but we'll, we'll go through at the, the top of the betting first is sam Horsfield at 11 to 1 rory sabatini who you know would have been in that south african list at one point but uh, <laughs> is now in the slovakian area playing in his uh playing in front of his home found uh danny willett 14 to 1 dean burmese to 20 to 1 ryan fox 20 to 1 the Callum shinkwin 22s and george kotzeer 25s um of that list brad was there any that kind of appealed to you
2: Definitely. Well, having been on Ryan Fox last week, um, I was very interested to see what he was going to get priced up for this event. And uh, yeah, he was the one that most appealed. But I think I've just slightly been priced out there. Um, But yeah, obviously, we all know Ryan Fox shot games off the tee, like big hitter. And I think he has a couple of good finishes here in the past. Not like overly good, but making the cut and that. And yeah, he just seems to be trending and um, hitting a lot of greens as well. And it's just a shame, really. I've just, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it at that price. Probably a little bit short for me. But he definitely was the one that appealed to me the most out of that, of who you just mentioned.
0: Yeah, Jason, we, we talk about Ryan Fox all the time as someone that kind of goes up in that part of the upper echelons of betting a lot on name value. But of all the courses in, in recent weeks, this would be the one that would probably be right up his alley.
1: It would be, but I, I, I'm totally disagreeing. I cannot believe people can bet Ryan Fox at this price. No, but that's it's what we just said. We're not going to take yeah. the price, it's isn't it? T- yeah, that's, no, that's but a, I can't. But I mean, true. I just can't believe people would. I just, you know no, no, I that's just, why I swerved it.
2: Yeah,
1: don't, don't get it at all. Um, you know, I know Horsefield looks short, and he is short. But I mean, in terms of you know, he's yeah, about six he's, foot. He's, he's pretty yeah. pretty tall. Like could, oh, it's going to be one of them nights, isn't it? Um, <laughs> In terms of, in terms of sort of, you know, in my view, uh, win prospects, Horsfield's got more than double the chance of Ryan Fox of actually winning. Um, and at 20-1, to one, that's what you want him to do, isn't it? So, yeah, like Horsfield stands out really of them. But, uh, you know, we discussed it earlier. Very much like somebody like, um, you know, Webb Simpson did last week, where you know he's going to be extremely short. But it's really, really difficult to see him not contending. Um yeah. We won't go over to Kendall, uh, You know, he was disappointing. Um, and that's the type of thing. If somebody wants to throw him in, in sort of an each way, we're going to talk obviously about the Northern Trust. Um, and again, I can't see an outsider winning that. If somebody wants to throw Horsfield in with somebody at the top of, over there, I, I, I just can't knock it, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, for me out of that lot, I think Horsfield and Schickwin are obviously the ones that are going to go forward over the next couple of years. Um, they all look short, and Horsfield looks right. So, um,
2: yeah, I'm yeah. I mean, So no,
0: I, I do agree with that. Yeah, we we were sort of talking about Shinko, weren't we, before we come on, Jason, about the fact that there is still something there in the tank. You know, he sort of broke through last year, and and you sort of wonder what the next step is. And he's had a fourth and a third you now in the last three, four starts, and the 16th as well. So he's, he's banging form. It's just that. He has got to that point, and we're going to come on to our sort of consensus pick in a minute in terms of price, but he was just that bit too short to, uh, to entertain this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's boringly, but many, many, 100,000 years ago. it is a boring story. Do you want a boring story for a minute? Okay, 100,000 years ago, bloke bloke painting in my house told me about Stuart Bingham in snooker, right? That's before he even was ranked in the top 100 in the world. And that uh, year, like that, not a year later, about ten years later, somebody said to me, "Watch this kid, Callum Shenkwin, when he goes on tour." And I think I was on at two hundred and fifty to one when he led. Someone remind me when he led. Um, was it China? Or China? Um, Are you just hoping
0: it it's China was because that's overnight. how you link it to. Or was it? And he
1: absolutely <laughs> collapsed. He absolutely collapsed to pieces. He just couldn't handle it, which is fair enough on your first um, thing. So I've been watching really closely ever since. I wasn't on for his win, obviously. Um, but he's got so much talent. I mean, he hits the ball a long way. He's got cracking iron game. Sometimes he goes a bit funny with a with a putter. Um, but yeah, I I think he's yeah he's got he's a great, still a fantastic prospect. He, he's had quite a lot of runs really for his age. But I think he's a cracking prospect. And I certainly wouldn't be you know avoiding him in a, in a quality competition. But like you always say, Tom, I'd rather take 66 or 80 in one of the sort of bigger open events hmm. than take 20 to one
0: here. Mm-hmm. that's what I mean I think you know you know maybe the course won't sue but you've got sort of Wentworth coming up and you know tournaments like that that he's going to be a massive price and yeah. if he's the player that you think he is which you know we're discussing his credentials here you know we, we talk about the fact that he's taken a while to break through I mean, he's 28 isn't he so he's 27 maybe when he broke through uh, in Cyprus last year but he lost a playoff to, to Rafa Cabrera like four years ago so you know one stroke could have changed everything so it's it, it's one of those things that, you know, had he won that event, where did he kick on from? His caddy helps him on his, on his putting now, so that's obviously a big change. Um, I don't really I want think, to say too much more on someone that we're not going to really bet, but...
1: I think you could sort of relate it to somebody, not in the same way, but somebody like Ava Answer. Hmm. Whereas Answer was mm-hmm. 66 and that sort of price for a long time until he found that consistency and started getting placed a lot. And his price just suddenly went. And yeah. it's either your choice about whether you back a very quality player at the price, knowing that he's gonna win at some point. Um, or you try and wait and, and as you say, try and grab him, you know, as you say, it went worth uh, fifty, maybe.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with all
0: that and, yeah. and by the sounds of it Brad does as well. So I think yeah, that, no, I agree with that. I think we're all kind of on the same line of thinking. Machine winning it wouldn't be a, a complete surprise. And maybe if he drifts out on Betfair or something, he might be someone to look at. But um, <laughs> I'll come on to the the pick of the week and and I'll start us off because I'll be the one that butchers the name. It's uh, Jax Kroicevic. Um, He is leading the par 5 scoring this year. I think he's inside the top 15, I think he is, in in par 4s. He's 3rd in birdies, 5th in eagles, um, 7th and 23rd at this event in the past, playing very good golf. I don't really have too much more to add other than the fact that he is slightly short of 28-1, Brad. But I think mm. he's one that, given the obvious credentials of the fact he's powered by that par-5 scoring, which is important yeah. here. There's there's much Rather than avoid him for the sake of price, I'd rather be on and, and hope he gets the win.
2: hundred percent, yeah. He stood out for me uh, straight away. And, and like I said before, it wasn't exactly the price, but just the potential. And I don't think he's had the, like the, his results hasn't really warranted his play this year. I mean, like I said, he's he's had before. He's had a few times where he's been in contention, but he might just have a, a heat in the moment. He's a bit like Tyrrell Hatton like that, and he can just lose it. Um, but he's gonna he's as he's he's enjoyed he's enjoyed this course in the past, hasn't he? Twenty yeah. third uh, two 2019, 7th in two thousand eighteen, and it just seems like a great spot for him and with the season he's having I wouldn't put it past him uh, contending this week yeah and and Jason when you look at his his actual form it's so very consistent
0: isn't it I mean he's had one miss cut you know I think all year Um, certainly calendar year started off very strong in in his sunshine tour events played well when he came over to European tour and he the one miss cut was on the challenge tour so in terms of what he's doing he's going to give you a run you'd think over the weekend I think he's very much like um
1: Sean Crocker, who I think we might come to later on. Mm. Um, in that is, Yeah, I do. I think he's the same sort of player. I, I think it's so much quality from tee to green. And there's just mm. something. Some, and interestingly, obviously, Crocker threw away his best chance of winning in South Africa. Um, so it, it just reminds me so much of that Definitely. type of player. The, o- the only thing I'd say about, about Kruisvik is um, watch him in running. Um, he's closed uh, both times at Kenya. So he closed at the BMW, 32nd, 17th. And he closed last week again from halfway. uh, Sorry, last time out in in Ireland at the hands. If you look at his overall last 50 events, he actually improves from 54th, 60th, 29th and 22nd is his average position by round. So you might not think the 28th is is much to talk about if you don't. Uh, We happen to think that's fair. But if you don't like that, then there's a big possibility that... um, you know, something like Horsfield who can short low, as mm. we know. Um and doesn't always obviously kick off on from that. Um he could take up, you know, Horsfield shot low and went nine to two. Bruce Vic sitting there at forties. Um uh, don't give up on him because he's got some cracking places from nowhere. Just nowhere no after the first
0: two rounds and I think that's, that's kind care of it, that's,
1: sorry Tom that's care on. of tour tips, obviously
0: position by round <laughs> I think that's very much the flavour of the European tour though isn't it I think we, we're seeing that you know Rasmus Hoygaard was kind of not in the picture until shooting a 62 on Saturday and you know it, Callum Hill had a very very good day yesterday to actually get the trophy it, it there does seem to be it, it never seems to be a, a full gone conclusion by Sunday and you know you'd think if someone like Sam would had a 5 or 6 shot lead going into Sunday it would be different but We've mm. seen him. We've seen him kind of not cock it up, but we've seen him go backwards in the past. Um, the one name we did skip past in in the betting was Vincent Norman,
2: who I do oh, think don't yeah. don't. <laughs> oh, I, I, he's yeah, just yeah. someone I want yeah. to bet so badly, but like sad I can't do it anymore. Like it's just when you see well thirty threes, twenty eights, it's it's just it's just difficult isn't it it's just really difficult I, but,
0: uh, I remember you and you Brad and, and, and Skyler Hope or do the YouTube show have been on very early on him um, you know being yeah. on him in three digit prices
2: Just and... the Swedish amateurs mate you've got like a Berg, <laughs> Nyholm um, yeah obviously Neiman and uh, not Neiman sorry Norman and uh, and Tim Widing as well. There's just a great crop of Swedish amateurs coming through. And it's just, uh, yeah, the future is bright for Sweden, that's for sure. But Norman definitely seems to be pick of the bunch at the moment. And with his long game, like he hits it an absolute mile. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he was up there. But as you say, it's just, it's just that the price isn't that appealable.
0: I think that we sort of say this quite often, though, Jason, in the sense that you kind of get used to a price of someone being, and if you're someone that's been on that player early, you you enjoy being on a three hundred to <laughs> one and 250 to one. But you know, some like at the end of the day, his it warrants his form warrants the you know the price that it is, doesn't it? I don't know I think what that's else right, price yeah. It I, be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's hard in a event like this to hide, isn't it? To to try and discover something. I mean, we've, we've got a couple of big prices later, but um, it's it's hard to hide form, isn't it, really? Um, Again, I mean, Norman could be anything, couldn't he? I mean, I agree with you. I think he could be unbelievable. But then I thought that about Chris Brogan, who um, obviously injury took him out completely. Um, First off the tee and driving distance, fourth in par fours. Uh, You know, that's taking away his... um, I haven't looked at what par fours he's he's sort of ahead in, but I'd imagine it's the shorter ones. Um, But again, he's another one that uh, third round um, can go missing. Again, he's I mean, what's he finished? He's finished five events and he improved his placing at Scandinavian Mix, um, the BMW proper events, uh, and the Kazoo. So in three out of five finishes, he's gone missing in the third round and um, come back strongly. So I, I do think this is could be a trader's paradise. This event, uh, you've got some, you know, potential dodge pot in here, of, of a lot of people that can't putt. Uh, and like, admittedly, it, it doesn't matter. Peter's and old Can't putt. Um, and they finish first and second. Um, I just think you could have a lot of to in and throwing throughout the sort of second, third day. Um, you could really get some of these players at big, big prices on Betfair. Um, yeah. they won't need to do a lot for you to be able to do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do at whatever price.
0: Yep, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Um, Brad, yeah. your next pick is is the one up in the in the odds. Um I'll, Jazz Janawatanon. Um, luckily, yeah. I don't need to butch that name because we're you know, a bit more often than we do. Just, just call him Jazz. That's, That's what it. I do. calls him Jazzy J or whatever. But yeah. um, what are your thoughts on him this week?
2: Well, he's just a. I just he's just been playing. Well, the Olympics he obviously started very strong. Then had a couple of rounds where he like didn't really get it going. I think obviously being the first round leader, it sort of got to his head a bit. But then he finished strong with a sixty-eight. And Jazz is just someone I've followed for a long time. You know from the Asian tour. And I just think he's got bags of talent. And I think he's due a breakthrough. Like, I really do. And I think he's too good not to break through on the European tour. And I just feel like this could be an event. Uh, despite not being the longest off the tee, I think he, this could be a good event for him to sort of break through. Yeah, yeah I
0: it. think I think he, he does. He appears on the leaderboard a lot. I think he doesn't necessarily fit. He's not... The model of consistency in terms of his finishing results, but he always seems to fire a low round. He always seems to have it at least for one or two days, um, mm. and and I like those types of players. That you know that just on any given week it can just all come together. And you know he put it together multiple times on the Asian tour. I mean, what is it? He's got kind of five or six victories over there. Um, you know, dating between sort of 2017 2020. Mm. So there's not there's not um, there's not a lack of winning pedigree there. It's just the fact that, like you say, he hasn't done it here. I mean, like we've just said about Shinquin not winning early on. I mean, he, he lost to Danny Van Tonder in a playoff earlier this year, um, ahead of Sam Horsfield as well. So, you know, there's there's pedigree there. He was 14th in the PJ a couple of years ago as well, wasn't it? He played very very well there until the final round. Obviously,
2: when when the pressure kicks in, there is there's just bags of talent, isn't it? So much talent, yeah. And even for his slim physique, he, he still packs a punch. He still puts it out there, like over 300 yards, and so he's not he's not short by any means. And uh, yeah, I, I just uh, I'm getting I'm getting jazz vibes this week. I'm getting <laughs> jazz vibes. Uh,
0: just there, there's another player there we actually just mentioned in Danny Van Tonder, and that's the other selection you put up. 100,
2: percent yeah. Well, another big hit in South African. <laughs> and <laughs> actually, you know, if you if you look at them three picks, and I didn't didn't notice this. Until afterwards, which is horrific, really. But they all popped up on the the Kenya Savannah event, yeah. which Van Tonda won. And horsefield was also tied third. Um, so I don't know if there is any correlation there at all. But, yeah, it was just a random thing that I noticed after. Um but there they all popped up on the same leaderboard. I was like, Oh hello. Let's hope there is something there. <laughs> yeah, I mean Callum Hill was he was
0: close there, wasn't he? anyone last week, and uh, you know, some of the names that Jason that we've been mentioning off air are up in that leaderboard as well and and one of those is um I don't know if you're going with him this week, but we were certainly talking about Darren Fickhart as, as someone that could go well this week. Yeah, I've got a problem with that, that I just
1: can't see myself backing Fickard at thirty three to one. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, you talk about the South African League, I mean I've got uh three of them on my sort of shortish list that hasn't been, hasn't been really narrowed down completely. But yeah, I mean, Fishart appears, again, everywhere, and it's quite surprising. You know, 7th um, in par 4s, 5th in birdies, uh, his top 10th in par 5s, and you wouldn't have thought that. He's also got a 10th and 17th for Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi. <laughs> uh, Abu Dhabi, it's near Stoke. Um,
0: Abu Dhabi, which um, we don't mention Derby on this podcast, thank you. Okay, which (laughs) uh, I don't care about football if that's football related. Um, uh, which
1: is um, Thomas Peters has obviously got plenty of form over there as well. Um, and he's won here twice. So, for whatever reason, you know, we say often, you know, you don't have to like the player, but Fickard comes up and fits beautifully. Mm -hmm. And you know, Brad's pointed out the South African um Lincoln, the Kenya Lincoln. There's another one, isn't there? You know, uh, it, it's really difficult because I think there's a lot of players just filling in here. And uh, I don't like Fikard in front. I've never liked him in front. But then, do I like Kruzic in front? Do I like, you know, many of these in front? Not really. Um, yeah, he fits, mate. So, what do you want? You know, um, yeah, job done.
0: You mentioned Peters at Abu Dhabi, but Jamie Donaldson's a former winner here and won at Abu Dhabi yes. as well, isn't yeah, he? So, yes. yeah. Um, if there is any links, like we say, you know, they can be te- they can be tedious links. There can be nothing in it, but it only has to be a small uh, thing. Um, you
1: you've
0: know, got, got, my... yeah. got sorry, thirty second and twelfth
1: over there. You've got Adrian Noose, twenty second and twelfth in Abu Dhabi. So there's more than just, you know, it. It can be tenuous, but we can point out a thousand tenuous links with every player. Mm. But if, if it fits a player that's won twice and a player that's been second over there, then
0: I think it's a little bit more than tenuous.
1: Spurious, maybe. Anyway, you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I, agree. I completely agree, mate. I just, I just think that, you know, anything like that that can substantiate and support the claim, especially with someone like Darren Fickhart, when, when you want, you, you know, you want to walk away from it price wise, um, but you, you look at everything and it all fits the mold, and mm-hmm. I, I just, I just think if you've got anything that can kind of supported it, then, then why not? Um, talking of a player that's kind of gone away a little bit. Um, Brad and Sammy Valamaki you've put up this week. Um feels like people
2: have stopped talking about him feels like yeah it, it, it felt like that you, was gonna be the case you know. Yeah that... um, I just uh, I'm I'm a big Sammy Valamaki fan. Well, not only because he won for me at 225 to 1. I mean, I just think he's a fantastic <laughs> player. Um and I probably wouldn't have bet him this week if he didn't finish with that closing 65 and that was just it you know and uh that was that was basically it for me really because i think that he has the ability in this field to play really well and to compete and to contend but yeah that, that close in 65 at the Kasu classic that was just me sold i was like i've got to go in on him again he was like like stat- statistic wise he was like leading the field and uh, approach numbers and uh yeah i was like he's back he's back he's shown glimpses and uh i'm hoping he does well this week
0: yeah, I think the thing is with that is, you know, Jason, we we kind of talked about Valimaki an awful lot when we first sort of started the podcast. Now he was quite ruthless when he first came out. Obviously, he has that sort of winning touch, and and I kind of always wondered whether it was going to come to an end or not. And and it, it feels like it has a little bit, but it's very easy to jump straight off of someone because of a case. I mean, it's, what is it? You had a run of sort of five missed cuts, and then like Brad mm-hmm. said, there he shoots a sixty-five on Sunday to kind of to come back into the reckoning. What what are your thoughts on Valimaki, Jake?
1: I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Ballamacchi. We've been on a couple of times, haven't we? Hmm. Um, I, I'm i struggling to see where he is with his game at the moment. I appreciate last week, but being caught like that before with yeah. one round, um, obviously he's, he's way out of the tournament. It doesn't make any difference. He's got no pressure on him whatsoever. He goes around and does what you have to do, you know, when you're bombing around at nine o'clock in the morning, nobody's watching you. <laughs> so um, I'd love to see Ballamacchi do it. Um, you know, it looks great. You know, I mean, we all go back to Amman, which killed me off, as you know, because there's too many of these killing me off things. Because um, <laughs> I was big on Brandon Stone at the time. Um, and we go back and he's back, you know, you look at his putting and you think, okay, he's back. You know, he's he, you know, balls are back and everything. But the rest of his game is... Yeah, well,
2: it certainly isn't looking the full well, ticket at the moment. It certainly isn't um, looking the full package.
1: But, um, yeah. but, yeah. You know, it's again, it's one of them where we keep repeating the same thing. If Thomas Peters can win twice, you know, there we
2: are. If you've got a case, yeah, put him up. Um, he loves an he eagle. eagle. He loves oh. an eagle, does Sammy? He does love an eagle. And uh, yeah, I think he's not the longest, but I think he he can give himself opportunities this week. And one thing that doesn't really let him down is the the flat stick. You know, I feel like he's a very good putter. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, and also I think just having you know the statistics you don't see is kind of like the confidence and how someone's going to feel in, you know, the heat of battle. And we talked about Jason on, on tour tips where he had sort of selections where you can find that kind of information out and who goes forward with the lead and stuff like that. But he strikes you as a player that if he does get in the hunt, he can, uh, he can keep going forward. And that's the sort of player you need in this sort of field. Schwann yep. um, Kim for me um, at 50 to one. Um, mm-hmm. He's, he's been around sort of basically almost every week now recently. Someone's put him up for, for one time or another um, for good reason. I mean, it, a lot of his early form was kind of fuelled by a short game. Um, he, he was very much sort of his around the green, on the greens, and his approach play wasn't wasn't necessarily the best. But that's kind of flipped in recent weeks, and he was 10th and 29th his last two starts. It um, was very, very sweet in him when he was 10th. Um, and I think I was also shooting in the week before he missed a cut, so that, that tells you everything you need to know. But he was tenth of his irons last week um, at the Kazoo Classic, and you know I, I sort of mentioned the link earlier on with with the Scandinavian invitation. He was fifth there in two thousand nineteen, where I see Donaldson, Pavan and Portius have played very very well in that golf course, and that kind of just sort of cemented that for me. It was you know I, I kind of liked him anyway as it was, um, but that, that was kind of the final thing. I just thought fifty to one. Um Bradley about someone that's playing as well as he is was, was decent value,
2: yeah no, definitely like I've got to admit he's not someone that I considered, um but yeah no he's he has been playing very well, like you say two top tens in his last four starts. I'm not sure of his record around here has he played here before
0: he has he missed he missed a cut an awful long time ago, because um, you know he has i think that's the kind of thing that we don't sort of attribute to him is he's he's been around for quite a while, isn't he? In, yeah. Popped up, but I didn't really read too much into that um, one
2: exactly. Like, I mean, it's not necessarily important. I mean, well, Van Tonders only start here, um, 2008 like 18 or 15 you yeah. know, even I think he missed a cut. Jazz 2018 missed a cut. It's like you don't read too much into it, really. I mean, this is a sort of course you can sort of catch fire on at any point if you're playing well and uh, doing the basics and also hitting hit a yeah. bloody mile
0: yeah, that's it. <laughs> two years ago he, he was he was 23rd after two rounds and, and went backwards over the weekend which is something you'd expect from him um, mm-hmm. at that stage of his career so yeah I think he's just seems an improver um, seems to be closing in on sort of like top 10 finishes and I think he's got to take that next step now so if the short game comes showing, back
2: yeah he's certainly showing some consistency so um, yeah why not mate why not
0: Getting back on the P train, um, you know, as we as we said earlier on, this initial uh, name is Jamie Donaldson You uh, broke the trend. For, well, he didn't break the trend. He started. He uh, started off with uh, the first win at the golf course before all the P's took over. But uh, Garrick Porteous would be the next one up for me. Um, I put him up last week, and he was it was kind of disappointing. But it was it was basically just his putting that let him down. Um, he was third off the tee last week. I think he was bang up there, sort of 23rd, I think, or 21st in his irons. Um, He's been 9th and 14th in this event. He's won the Prague Challenge on the Challenge Tour, um, 5th and 9th at the Slovakian Challenge and Czech Challenge, respectively, as well. So he clearly loves the area. Um, Mm. He's another player, a bit like Shinkwin Jason. I think that he's kind of been around and offered a little bit of um, potential sort of early on, and and no one kind of knew whether he was going to fulfil it or not, and it's about time he broke through as well. Yeah, I mean the only
1: issue I have with Porteous is I think he wants it harder. Um don't think he wants such a birdie fest, but yeah, like I say he's plenty of plenty of potential. Show flashes enough of it. Um It is so it's very hard to argue, isn't it? You know, this week to be on, yeah, Because it's so open, um, it is gonna come down to uh, well, it's it's gonna come down to who's gonna hold who's gonna hold the fifteen to twenty footers. Mm-hmm. Um that that's it at the end of the day, isn't it? Um you know, I fancy as many dodge pots as um, as you do, Tom. Clearly, um, yeah, there we are. What well, can you It's just difficult. It's just so so difficult to, to argue with anybody um, that has a case. You know, has has a line to, to add to a player.
0: It does. So, um, it yeah. does feel like a tournament like that, doesn't it? Where it, it there's so many cases to be made for so many different people. Because although mm-hmm. we think the the formula is pretty straightforward in terms of bombers have a massive advantage. I think you can as long as you basically as long as you take advantage of the par fives, like you said with with Jazz Brad and and Valamaki's not the you know, not massive smasher of the tee. Like nice. as long as they can take advantage of those par five scoring, we I mean, talk about people at different end of the scale, we talk like Zach Johnson and Webb Simpson, they're not the longest of the tee, but they they score on those par five holes. That's all you've really got to do. I mean Portius is 33rd in par 5 scoring but there's not many above him that have played as many rounds as he has it, you know his average is um, 4.55 on those holes and the people above him are sort of like 4.49 and whatever and they've played considerably less rounds so when it's all said and done he'll be right up there I just I just think he's got I was tempted to jump off after last week but I just think this is number one event that could suit him
2: oh no I like him I like him this week I do and having been on in the last Two weeks. I was very tempted to, uh, yeah, make it a free piece and get on him again. Um, but yeah, I was. It was either him or Balamaki, and as I said, I just got um, I got caught in the Balamaki trap, and I'm hoping uh, it works out. But yeah, I can I can definitely see uh, not value, but I, I definitely see him as a, a good punt this week, Porteous, and I think he's got the game to uh, contend well here.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think in terms of value bets, I think there's. I don't think there's many this week at all. There
2: isn't, no, no. I th-
0: I, th- I think it's a case of get on who you who you like to chance. I mean, I've jumped off reluctantly, jumped off Chase Hannah. I think he could go well. Um, yes,
2: yeah, me too, me too. There's, yeah.
0: there's loads of names there. I mean, Adrian Moronk, we spoke about Jason Nikolai Heugard, um Hugo
2: playing, Leon's been playing really yeah, well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like all these people just make Richard Mansell all make perfect sense. Yeah. um For for the course fit, it, 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 it feels like a dart throw. <laughs> which it's is enormous. not good when you're doing a betting podcast but um, Jason you liked another South African around your sort of 80 to 1 mark
1: yeah just very quickly you talk about space I agree with you yeah you could forgive him that one run can't you hmm. um, and, and at the same price again another dodge pot Sean Crocker who I actually think has got a fantastic chance here um, missed cut last week but first round was fine just, just very quickly top 10 in par 5s off the tees top 20 driving distances top 20 um, and one bit of form which comes from China Proud go wild. Right. Oh, in the Highland Open. Yeah. If you want a form line, this is like handicapped form lines. This <laughs> Kelly Samoya, Grant Forrest, Sean Crocker, Adrianus, Nicholas Lemke. So most of them big hitters at the Highland in two thousand eighteen. But he split he split all those. As we know, he was probably only a par five away from contending a bit better against uh, Bez um in South Africa. I actually Everybody laughs at me when I put Crocker up, but I think he's got a massive chance here this week. Mm. but anyway, yet another South African. Yeah, Louis de Jager. I I was amazed that he was eighty to one, and still is eighty to one. We'll probably go a hundred now that I put him up. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah. He's another one, isn't he? They're all the same, aren't they? You know, they've got they've got something about them gives them plenty of chances. Um, Look, he's he's really, based on par-5 performance. Obviously, second to Kruzic. Um, uh, he, he's got high greens and regulation. He's top 20 off the tee. They were the lists that I put up, and most of the ones that appear in that are around the twenty eight, thirty three, forty five 45 to one mark, um, even if they missed the cut or something. Djiga, who, again, is rotten over a four-footer, but which one of those that we mentioned isn't? Um, it was easily the biggest price of those, so... I'm putting them up purely on that, to be honest with
0: you. I think I think the thing is is that when you're in this type of field, there's a reason the people are in this field is because they haven't done enough to either secure spots for the rest of the year or you know they, they can't afford to have a week off. So there's a question mark about pretty much everyone in the field, barring maybe Sam Horsfield, who does tend to go backwards every now and then, but he he needs to use this as a propeller to, to go on to better things. But um, you know it's so hard to be so keen on anybody because it's not one of those ones where you go in. So, like the Wyndham Championship we were talking about Jason last week where you, you've got a player fits a course line which is one of the biggest course correlation events of the year you know you're very confident in it as long as they're playing okay go on them it's it's not that type of event you've just got to find minute details I mean Paul Peterson uh, is a former winner here he's been playing very very well there's so many around this thing and we talked about Um, jumping off people maybe a bit too early that could be the case with Chase Hanna you look at Callum Hill I mean he was he was really the flavour of the month earlier on in pushing the lockdown and earlier on even in this year Um, he's missed what three or or four cuts in the last five or six events and then gone full first like it can just it can just turn around so quickly and that the value comes back a little bit when you've just missed that one or two cuts Um, so maybe you know maybe that's a not a, not a blessing in disguise but just uh, it may be i don't know if you kind of guilty of maybe coasting a little bit if you start going back to back top sixes top tens top 15s it kind of feels a bit easy maybe you maybe just need a bit of a wake-up call to go right i need to rededicate myself and screw my head on this week i don't know mm-hmm. um but that, that would be kind of my summary for that i've got one that i kind of want to talk about right at the very very bottom of the market um I know you've got another one, Brad, that sort of 125 to one that you would like to look off this week.
2: Yes, definitely. Uh, well, I love this guy, uh, Rhys Enoch. And, yeah, he won for me earlier on in the year, at 80 to one on the Sunshine Tour, so he owes me absolutely nothing. Um, but, yeah, he's just playing some great golf at the minute. And um, he closed well last week. Uh, I think he shot a 67 or something. And uh, he's another one who can just put it out there. You know, he's great with the with the driver hits it a mile um and but what's most interesting is he's, he's really improved with the putter and his putting stats have really like impressed me and on approach last week he was inside the top 15 which is not something he's done all year so uh yeah i think he's great value at 125 to one yeah well, you talk about uh south african
0: links I mean, he's almost an adopted South African. Exactly, sport. yeah, spends, adopted South you know, African. Spends yeah. a lot of time out there, doesn't he? Um, you know, he's won on the Sunshine Tour earlier this year. Um, Jason, I know you were a fan of Reese Enoch earlier on in his career until he sort of cost you, but he, yeah. he's he got that 12th place finish at that Scandinavian mix that I spoke about earlier. It could just be a little indicator. 13th last week, coming into a course that, you know, should suit his kind of skill set. It, it's certainly an interesting one at, at Three Figures.
1: I, I I wrote every scene up down, funny enough, just, just as we started the just as we started the, the podcast. Um, yeah, I agree. You talk about people that um, have been sort of cut too much after one effort. Um, yeah, I mean I agree. One in the
2: he's
1: playing well We hit it it's well well, I mean um, I think he needs to hurry up because I'm bored watching him play. But, you know, um, <laughs> he takes too long. And, and to be honest, I think sometimes he overthinks things. He's yeah. had a couple of profit chances, isn't he? Yeah, as you say, the Scandinavian mixed, he, he could have done a little bit better the final round. Um, went missing um, in Wales, third day. I think he does overthink it, I have to be honest. But um, I agree, 125 doesn't take into account the way he's playing. Um, and right next to him is, is, of course, another one who normally plays down in South Africa, Toby Tree, who I think—I mm-hmm. mean, Ben's put him up—but Toby's playing a lot better than 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 his actual winning figures. He's just not putting four rounds together. Definitely. But again, you want a South African link. You know, Toby's right there as well. Well, mm-hmm. I just
0: just looking at that Slovakian challenge at seen at one in two thousand nineteen, he beat Josh uh, Josh Geary there, but Dale Whitmore and Lars Mihal were uh, were third. Um, who you are yeah. going to come on to? Uh, in a minute, Jace. Uh yeah. Garrett Porteous was fifth. Um, Rasmus Hogard, Adrian Ronk tenth. You know, there's a lot of like big hitters. Toby Tree was there at 19th. You know, it, there may just be. I think I'm I'm very keen on this kind of location thing. You know, yeah. yes, okay, it's not the same golf course, but anywhere around that sort of area, you you kind of get the good feeling of traveling there. You know, I sort of mentioned Bielagard coming back to form and he went back to Scotland. Like, I just think you know you don't necessarily have to be some people just get a good feeling from going to they they
2: they? yeah um, yeah
0: and and there's there's very easy to get kind of caught up in that i think um but you yeah. see it all the time and like on the pj tour you see like people just play well in texas like people play well in you know california it, it can be just the green surfaces we don't like you we, we spoke chasing the other day they don't really focus on the grit, the putting surfaces on the european tour in the same way they do on the pj tour statistically so we don't we don't see as much about that and there's a lot more detail that we could look into but it may just be as simple as something like that like the, the greens in in Czechoslovakia and, and all those sort of areas may be perfect for someone like a Reese Enoch it just or a Garrett Porteous it can just be as simple as that I mean, we see them they could be very similar to South African greens it just really can be that simple um, so I think like I said if if you like players around here then uh, then go back. We just mentioned uh, Lars Van Meihel, Jason, and you uh, and Brad as well. You both both kind of like him. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, Brad. Brad, you can go first. I've
2: uh, back I am just very shocked at the price. Like yeah. two hundred to one. I got him at. I just think that's just uh, yeah disrespectful. I just think it's great value. Um, and yeah, I when I saw that maybe there's a slight like you. Um, I I also agree that there might be a connection to like the Slovakian challenge. You know. Mm-hmm. Short, like event there and uh, where Enoch won so um, I just think he's a massive price and considering he went like 75 68 66 68 I mean it just shows that got off to a bad start but showed some consistency in then like them three rounds and yeah I just feel like why not at uh, that price.
0: I I would echo a lot of that. I think as well, he was 7th at the Joburg Open. I think the South African form, as we've been talking, um, isn't a bad sort of th- indicator of what could uh, happen here. You know, he's probably Qatar. That's kind of in that sort of Abu Dhabi sort of swing there. Um, Jason, anything you want to add on, on Van Mee here?
1: No, no, no. I agree with what Brett said. I think it, it is a surprise. I think he, he could be anything. He could be nothing. But who cares at the price? Mm-hmm. Uh, we put him up, didn't we, at some big price for something earlier on in the year that I can't remember. But, um, yeah, as you say, 12th and 16th driving distance last couple, 7th last week. It's going the right way, isn't it, at the price? Who cares?
0: Yeah, exactly. The other person I wanted to mention, and and this is the reason I've kind of really want to mention him, is I was looking for him, looking for him, looking for him him in the betting, couldn't find him, only to find out, I don't know if it's kind of an error or or what, but he's 750 to 1 on bet 365, and he's kind of 400 and 300 everywhere else, is Daniel Young. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he was 53rd at the Hero Open, which was you know no great shakes but that was after a, a 75 opening round he finished with a 67 shot a 68 second round and then he was tied 29th last week
2: um yeah.
0: with a final round 72 that kind of dropped him out of the sort of top 10 contention um you know i just i just think there's there's certainly something there he's 14th and 28th of his uh, irons in the last uh, two starts on those forms that we've just been speaking about um hasn't played at the golf course but just just enough sort of signs to suggest that he could be in a decent nick
2: definitely uh he was my only returns at the kazoo classic last week yeah i had a top top 40 on him at 11 to 1 Uh, but yeah i noticed that um yeah he's he's playing really well and like as you say he's trending and with this event it could be anything i mean it's 750 to 1 i mean and as you say you probably get better than that on uh bet, bet on the exchange you know so uh, yeah i mean why not you know in this event like who
0: knows we've seen so much in it, it just in this season because of the way it's been and, and the, the crowds have been out for a lot of it or they're sort of massively reduced at the moment i just think there's a lot of pressure taken off and um when people start trend in the right direction it doesn't seem to take a lot before they go on to the next thing mm-hmm. we've just seen um I can't, his name now, but Daniel Gavin's is just one, and and you know Daniel Hillier, you're keen on, was coming with some good form, and there's been a lot of Challenge Tour guys and even Euro Pro guys just come on, um, and just play some really good golf. I mean, my slight concern with Daniel Young is he's lost a lot of strokes off the tee; it's not really his game, um, but that could be a blessing in disguise for him that this course is going to be wide open, and it might just be that he can, he can score really well. I'm pretty sure when I looked at him, he was he was up there in kind of um making sort of eagles, he's par five performances up there um, right around the guy I mentioned just before, and I think he's second on tour, he's made six eagles in 19 rounds, um, so he's, he's averaging one every 0.32, he's averaging 0.32 eagles a round, which is pretty impressive when you, you look at, you know, people that are around him, so maybe just, maybe there's a kind of course for him, um, if you can get a thousand one on him, bet fair, it's worth chucking a quid on, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Jason, any more you wanted to sort of go on to before we went on to the normal uh, test? I've,
1: I've crossed him out now, the other one. So um, I'm done. I'm
0: done for that. Done. Brad, any, any others that kind of came close and you sort of scrubbed off? I, I oh, well,
2: I've got a bit into the place model like the last year or so. I think there's a, a few like decent top 20 bets like depended on value, but I think right hand could be yeah. a good top 20 bet and uh, possibly Philip Eriksson the Swede, I mean, he hasn't really achieved much. Um, but, yeah, I think he, he 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 had some numbers I was looking at earlier, which uh, impressed me. I might look at a top 40 bet on him. Yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, there was one other guy that was a
0: Czechoslovakian guy I thought, oh, maybe this is, a, you know, an up-and-comer in him. And when I looked into it, he's 37 years of age and certainly not an up-and-comer. But his name was uh, Alex Koronek. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a former footballer. Uh, really? When I was, yeah, I think, he's, I think he used to play uh, professionally as a footballer and maybe just changed his career, which is quite exciting. Um, but when, when I looked at it, you know, a lot of his form is just pro-goal tour form, so it's not yeah. massive. But he was 8th at the Uran Bank Open uh, on the Challenge short, which Stuart Manley won. Um, but just around him in those things, Chase Hanna, uh, he was one shot behind him. He was level with Daniel Gavins. He was ahead of Matteo Manasaro, Paul Peterson, uh, Santiago Bentario. You know, just the quality players that he was around there. So maybe just while he's in this hot form, he could kind of do something. Maybe, like I say, a top 20 or a top 30 bet or something. I certainly don't think he's going to be putting up trees and winning it. But, you know, just in we've been like this for so long now, you just see that like 8th, 5th, 6th, his last three starts. It doesn't really matter, I don't think, what level it is, especially in a field like this, Mm -hmm. um, that I think he can sort of sneak a place there. But um, going on to...
1: Sorry, Tom, just Come quickly,
0: I, just a quick mention for Clement Sorday, who
1: might be coming back just on last week. Um, um, he's far, far better than everything he's done, and he's well-ranking. Um, and if he is coming back to form, um, he's got a second in a mine as well, if you want to do a Sammy Vallemacky-type link. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'd say that he's worth a look. Um, and then, obviously, we were going to talk about, um, Brad, you'll say it better than us, Uh, Zenke buy, something like that. Um, uh, But we've ruined it because Ben's put him up early and somebody else put him up. and uh, It looks like he might withdraw anyway, so that gamble might be ruined. Um, Mm. He's coming off the Vodiceka now. But yeah, I thought Sawday was of interest. So, carry on, mate. Sorry.
0: No, that's fine. I mean, one other name that I sort of mentioned uh, earlier to you, Jason, that I don't think ever going to win, but Lee Slattery plays the golf course well and hit his irons well last week. And Hayden Porteous as a former winner I mean you just look at you know he, he misses cuts for him he's very much like Andrew Povano on archery. he's just been all over the place but the one sort of return to form this season he was tied ninth in that Scandinavian mix and I just think you can just get a good feeling for somewhere and this might just be it I mean say he's won that uh, Czech Masters obviously here he's won the Joburg Open um, I think he's played well in the Czech uh, Challenge Tour event as well so that could just be one just to look at as a that's a big bet fair play. But moving on to the Northern Trust, uh, John Rahm is the worthy 10 to 1 favourite. Um, Jordan Spieth, 16 to 1, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, 18 to 1, Xander Chopelet 20s, Rory McElroy 22s, and then you've got Brooks Koepka at 25s. Um Jason, there's a couple of notable omissions uh, in that list. Um, you know, we can't go on forever in the prices. Justin Thomas and Bryson DeChambeau just outside the bubble there. Patrick Cantlay, I'm sure you're going to talk about in a minute. Um, but of of those kind of groups there, I think we're both in unison in that Colin Morikawa just seems the wrong price at 18 to one. Yeah, should be shorter. Mm-hmm. It th- there's just not the and okay. and normally I'd push you for like a, go on elaborate, but I don't. There's, there's not really anything to it. I just think but, that okay. if John Rams, really? yeah, if John Rams 10 to one, why is Colin Morikawa not 12 to one? You know he's yeah. He has been the player of of the PJ Tour for the last two years, I would say. Um, you know, he's just, he's consistently there. We're coming to a golf course now where you can afford to lose uh, strokes on the greens. It's not ideal, but, you know, it's not ideal anywhere. But, you know, Anser did it and comes second last year. Um, or last time it was here, sorry, in 2019. So, 18-1, um, to 1, I was quite happy just to go in on him, just yep. on literally value alone. Um, I didn't really look too much into it I think that like you said Jason driving accuracy can come into it Um, he's obviously the best driver of the goal in that sense Um, still doesn't hit it as far as the others but I don't think it matters with the way he hits all his other clubs Um, and we we just know that if he's going to putt anywhere decent then he's going to be certainly up there it seems when it matters he does it
1: Um, Yeah, we all discussed the Scottish and the British Open St Jude for him is essential not particularly after he's done what he's done uh, I, I agree. I, I, in comparison, like we talked about, Horsfield deserved to be favourite, whatever price you want to make him. Um, I think Morikawa should be. I wouldn't moan if he was level with John Rahm, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, there we are, best time player in the world, seat green player, got driving accuracy. Hopefully, I mean, you know, if it's as somebody mentioned a, a link to Royal St George's, I can't remember where I read it, but somebody put that up, and if it's that's the case. Uh, where we're talking about, there are bunkers, but they're quite easy to miss um, if you're accurate. Um, there's a bit of water, but again, if you're as accurate as here, it shouldn't really come into play. Um, there we are. You know what more do you want? I, I think if you, if you want to double up, Horsfield and Morikawa in a, you know, each way double, or you know, I, I don't know if you can get a decent price top ten double. You might even pay. I just can't see it. It has to be there, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I just think when you look at the golf course and the people that have played well on the golf course it's, it's quite a big mix like it's not anyone it's not like you know the Czech event where you think other the Bomber's going to really stand out you know you look at people that perform well here Adam Scott's a good driver of the ball but he's first and fifth here uh, Brant seneca has got two top 12 finishes here Ian Poulter's got two top finishes here um, you know shorter hitters can pro- West Simpson's played well here in the past shorter hitters can prosper it's very much just how dialed you are in with your irons, Brad. Uh, I'm so, assuming it's the same uh, conclusion you come to there as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're small greens, aren't they? So um, it's just this, it's a second second shot course, like completely. And yeah, I, I do agree with you regarding Morikawa. I do, um, but yeah, I, I I couldn't go there myself, but yeah, I had to go for the man, McElroy. Yeah, yeah. Got
0: to elaborate on that because I. I think anyone that listens to this podcast regularly will know that I pretty much bag on Rory McIlroy any any sort of given moment. And and not because, um, not even for his fault really, just purely because I think people get sort of carried away with his talent. And I think a lot of what um, people say about him was true sort of five or six years ago and and maybe isn't the case now. I think a lot of it's caught up with him. But I said that there's always going to come a time where he's going to get to the price. It was always 20 to 1 was always a price for him that, Stuck sure. out, and now he's twenty-two to one on the golf course. That he's finished sixth and nineteenth.
2: That's and, it. Yeah, um,
0: and he's in. You know, if, if if you took the name away from this this kind of form line, he would be. You'd be backing him. You know, third and twelfth in his last two events. You know, that was obviously uh, at the Olympics where he just missed out on that sort of bronze medal, and he was twelfth at the St Jude. Um, you know, okay, that's not. It's not massive for Roy McIlroy but he started poorly didn't he He was opening around 72 and then shot three straight 66s so it it surely is just a prize play from your point of view in the sense that he's probably just too good to be 22
2: to 1. Well that is it exactly and he just looks like since the Olympics he just looks like he's got a bit more of a an oomph like a bit of a fire in his belly like it just looked like for a while he was sort of going through the motions and uh, I don't know and it just looks like a bit of rory of old since the olympics you know like the ball striking stats at like Southwind, you know the saint jude invitational were just phenomenal like number one in the field and it was just a short game that let him down this week that, that, that week and uh yeah he just looks to be shaping up really nicely for this event and um, as you said like finished it here in the past in 2019 it just seems like a like a no-brainer for me and I'm not a regular backer of Rory at all but um, yeah I just I couldn't ignore it yeah Yeah,
0: I just I I generally just never think he's very good value because I think that whenever it's a golf course for him he's 10 to 1 and then every other week he's kind of 12s, 14s, 16s and he's not playing very well but when he starts getting into the 20s it seriously does draw my attention he was like you say his ball striking was great Um, again I was getting a little bit frustrated when he was kind of like he was asked at the Open I think it was you know what does he think about the olympics and he's like well, what have i got to look forward to like it's gonna be crap like i'm just I saying know, because i feel know. like i have to be in and, and it gets kind everyone likes that because they like his honesty uh, mm-hmm. and they like how he is and sometimes i just think Rory like you've said a hundred times now that you're not interested in the olympics like you <laughs> don't need to keep telling me and yeah. then and then all of a sudden he, he was there wasn't he he really enjoyed it and really got himself into that's it that's it
2: yeah like i say he just regathered that like sort of like I don't know, he looked like he just was up for it all of a sudden. He just looked like Rory of old. He just,
0: yeah. He just did, yeah. yeah, I completely agree with that, Jason. Obviously, I don't imagine uh, Rory McIlroy made your uh, betting card, but anything to add on him?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I just I can't be arsed with all that. I'm not being funny. I can't be arsed with like you know, yeah, I can't stand it, can't stand it here, yeah, blah blah blah, and then suddenly uh, it's brilliant. I'm, I just I can't be bothered with all that spiel. So um, yeah. I'll just look what they're doing and. and 22 to one, four points bigger than uh, only four points bigger than Colin Morikawa. Um, I'm happy to leave him. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I'm sorry, got... Brad. sorry, Brad, I'm not as diplomatic as Tom with our guests. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think the thing is though, when you when we, we both said, and, and you messaged me earlier, Jason, about Morikawa and, and how much shorter he should have been, um, and and I didn't even need to look at. Before I'd even looked at the profile of what I wanted to, to do well here and that sort of stuff, he just doesn't make any sense. Why he's eighteen to one? We, we keep every time he looks like he's too big, he generally seems to perform, and you know that that's just when you go with him. And, and you know what'll happen this week? He'll miss the cut, and it will be disastrous. But you know, it is what it is. Go on to, to Patrick Cantlay with someone that you obviously want to talk about, Jase.
1: Yeah, Cantley again. Look, I do my list and when the tournament is right, cantley comes up. He did at Memorial. Um and here he is again, you know. Um is that all I do they need him he's sort of top twenty, top twenty five, there he is and approaches T Green and he tops the scrambling charts, um, I believe of what I've looked at. I don't know why. But that, that's what you know, that's what I looked does. So if he does miss it, he'll save. You know, like I'm sure you'll mention Patrick's Lead, you know, somebody like him. When when it suits, Patrick Cantley performs. Mm-hmm. Um you know, twelfth last time it was here, eighth the year before. Um, yeah.
0: he's, a, he's, a very, he's a professional isn't
1: he um, he just does his job he's not flash I know you go on about him being looking like well you can't tell can you
0: fucking most person in the entire world
1: but... yeah well you know I'll give him a run but um, you know <laughs> um, I, I just I just think it was a lovely warm up last time uh, he's playing extremely consistently I'm not sure what more you want he's in my list um, he is easily one of the best players um, players in the world and he's thirty three to one. And like I said to you earlier, you know, if I, I thought Morikawa should be a bit shorter and I'd it wouldn't have surprised me to see Cantley at twenty five to one, so at thirty three. You know, he's next to Scotty Sheffler and I know Scotty is going to win. But that's wrong. He hasn't won. Cantley's won plenty and he's won plenty that's of nice. proper tournaments. Um and that's wrong. So either Sheffler should be bigger or Cantley should be shorter. And I'm going for Cantley should be shorter.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with Cantley being shorter. I mean, because I think there's so much upside in Scotty Scheffler and Brad. I'm sure you've you've got something to say on Scotty Scheffler as, as one of your selections because the <laughs> the only thing for me with, with Scotty Scheffler that I would like, I don't necessarily think his uh, skill set and what he's good at necessarily lends itself to this course this week. So I don't. But you just look at his WGC performances, his major performances. You just expect that to carry on in the playoffs and. Yeah. i just think like abraham answer at the wgc and like i say about an awful lot of these players like i would rather take scotty at 33 to 1 this event than when he's going to be 12 to 1 for an event that everyone thinks he's going to get his, his first win at um purely because i don't think it matters it's just gonna it's just gonna come together one week and i'm, I'm sure yeah. you're banking him to do it this week
2: well yeah exactly like you said like he's getting a, a bit of a reputation for showing up in the big events isn't he and uh his, his record it speaks for itself in the in the big events and it's just I don't know I think it's it's, it's going to come soon or later and just, it doesn't look far away and his ball striking stats again I'm going back to ball striking because I did put a big emphasis on that this week um we're really good at the St Jude Invitational we just one round at the end which I'm going to forgive him for but other than that I think yeah I, I like him for this I do and if it gets windy he's good in the wind you know mm. so there's that so. Yeah,
0: purely for me. I just thought that the only thing that I kind of thought against him uh was just the fact that his main skill set is driving, um, wasn't necessarily a massive factor here and and, and maybe that there's a couple down the further down the playoffs that kind of suit him better. But um, you know, if he if he performs well this week he's not gonna be thirty three to one, so it's it's how you take that chance in this sort of short window. Um Jason, you, you wanted to sort of talk about Abraham Answer again.
1: Oh, he's just I just think he's brilliant. I mean I I did, I wasn't on last time. I just think he's great. I think Teter Green approaches, I just think he's up there. Um but I think the win will have given him unbelievable
0: confidence. Um
1: uh, yeah, again. Does possibly, he strike you as no? someone
0: that's just gonna follow it up very quickly?
1: Yeah, very possibly. I think he's that yeah, I, I do think he's uh, yeah, I I could see him winning two, three a year quite easily. I, I think he's that good. I think we've been waiting a long time for him to do it. Um to do it properly. And he's done it. Um, look, there, there is that theory, don't back him the next time, isn't there? But um, he's had a week off. He's done it before, hasn't he? You know, even you look this year, he's gone, uh, Val Wells far-gone PGA, he's got fifth, second, eighth. He's gone on runs before. He used to be the best par-three player on the tour. Um, you know, he can hit an iron that well. I, I, I'm not sure that his price of under 30 is... Um, is where I'd want to be. But that 35 does stick out and only get five places. I think he's good enough, yeah. I think, again, you know, you look at those that are around him, um, I think he's got the potential to be better than. It's good, you know, better than someone like Victor Hovland, even even what Hovland's done. No, um, He's there. He's in my list. So, you know, um, he has to appear. Hovland doesn't appear. Answer does
0: appear in all three. And therefore, Answer gets a vote. It's worked this year, so it'll work again. The thing is, he's, he's the 11th best player in the world, apparently. You know, in terms of the world rankings, I, you know, I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't have Abraham answer as the 11th best player in the world, but that is what he is at the moment. The only evidence you've got of him at this golf course is a second place finish, and it's not like he just shot a 62 in the final rounds and finished second. He was he was inside the top three for the, the, uh, the last three rounds and 18th after round one. So very very steady. Looks like a good track for him. You look at the the profile of the people that have won here before and you can certainly see why that would fit in. You know, Patrick reed has got a very good tidy short game. Answer has got a tidy short game on his day. Um, both fit their irons well. Scott's a you know a magnificent iron player. So, it, to me, it does make perfect sense. I can't now make the joke that Carlos Ortiz is the best Mexican can go for a sure. round because uh, that, that has kind of gone down the wayside now. Um, but talking about iron players, Brad... Dan Berger was uh, the best with his irons at the St. Jude. And uh going to have a chance to go out again this week.
2: Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, he just seems to be trending in re- the right direction and uh, obviously demonstrating great ball striking stats. And, uh, yeah, he, he done well in the President's Cup here, like, back in 2017. Like, I think he won a fair amount of points. And, you know, like, bogey avoidance, hits a lot of greens, decent with his long irons, like... I just know he's all in the top five, so it just seems a good bet at thirty to one, and yeah, very. showed great consistency at St Jude, as you said, and uh, I just think he's uh, yeah great value.
0: Yeah, I think I think the thing is what well, this is a, a real. Uh, I wouldn't call it a trap area, but it seems to be the area where I think the the winner could come from this sort of 33, and because Justin well. Thomas, if his putter clicks at any <sighs> point. Um, he's certainly got a you know he's got to go close. You know, I think he was twelfth here on his debut. You mentioned the Presidents cut there; he had three and a half points that week. Um, it's just Jason. We've said for a little while now that he, he still doesn't seem completely right on a golf course for whatever reason. Um, I just think he's got a lot of self expectation, puts a lot of weight on his own shoulders. Um. And maybe can bust under that at times. You know, we've seen what he can do when he won the Players Championship. We've seen what he's done with won majors and bigger tournaments in the past as well. So, the event won't, the 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 occasion won't get to him. It's just more about whether he can find that putting stroke on on Sunday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with Brad to be honest on Burger. I'd, I'd rather have Burger. I think he looks happier with his game at the moment. Um, so, at comparative prices, I'd rather be with him.
0: Yeah, I can completely understand that. It just, it just you don't see Justin Thomas at twenty five and twenty eight to one, do you? Like this is Daniel Berger's price and has been Daniel Berger's price for yeah. basically yeah. the whole year. So it's not like you've got a clamour to it. I just think if you know, I think Daniel Berger, if he finishes tenth this week, could be thirty three to one again. Like it's not Yeah. Whereas Justin Thomas, if he has any sort of decent week, he's gonna be sixteen. So that that's all I would say. If you're a Justin yeah. Thomas backer by nature, then uh,
2: I can definitely see the appeal of Justin Thomas. I mean, I was very close myself to backing him this week at twenty fives. It just seems massive, doesn't it? I remember when he was twenty to one earlier in the year, and when he won, and it was just, it just you look at him, you just he's he's never a player. Well, you should never be a player in the twenties, should you? But I mean, it, it, he does warrant it with his flat stick at the moment. It's it's horrific to watch. So, uh, I mean, that's why I've avoided him this week purely because of that. Because his irons do, does seem to be trending in the right direction so yeah it's just a flat stick really
0: and i'm never normally a big proponent of just sticking to the head of the market we we jason we kind of make a we don't make a living out of it unfortunately but we we make a um thing of kind of looking for sort of value down the further down the board. but i generally think you could make a, a team here of kind of Carroll, mcelroy thomas Cantlay, and Berger, burger and just forget about everybody else and just yeah. and just run with those because one of those is going to give you a run you Don't need to heavily invest in anything else. Um, I mean, I, I had another couple of people that I, that I will mention, but to me, I, I do think the win is going to come out of this sort of 33 to 1 and, and lower mark.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, Adam Scott obviously played brilliantly until he missed his four foot putt like he normally does. Um, <laughs> you know, you think the only there's only two people to hit the green in that, that first uh playoff hole, and Roger Sloan was. Yeah, fair distance. Oh away. yeah, you
2: guys were on Roger, weren't you? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. congratulations
0: With on that. That was With respect,
1: thank you. With respect, Tom. I have been telling you about Adam Scott since we started this podcast. I
0: know, I know, and and I'm a an Adam Scott apologist in the sense that I just think he's he's very very good, and I always think that you can kind of figure that sort of one weakness out. Um, you know, we've seen Web Simpson go from the worst putter and tour to the best almost uh, in a year. Um, You know, Paul has already told us the story of how that happened, but I I just find it so infuriating for someone else on their behalf how someone can be as good as what Adam Scott is at golf at everything other than his putting, and how he can just he just can't find it. It just it just baffles me to. I don't know. There's just not the fire to figure it out. Like okay, well I'll just one week they'll drop in and and I'll win. I, I just I can't believe he sits there and goes meh. All right then. But it must haunt him, surely. Um, but aside from the obvious, obvious uh, negatives on him, um, he was third last week of his ball strike and he'd actually, uh, in his strokes can approach, he was decent enough the week before at the WGC in that area as well. Um, and he's been first and fifth his last two starts on this golf course. So there's certainly enough pill, I think, at the sort of 45, 50 to 1 range. Um, Sam Burns is playing good golf again. Could be interesting. And Jason, Mm. before we come on to Brad's next selection, there's uh Corey Connors sitting there at 66 to one as well.
1: Yeah, I've got off him. I mean, he he did fit the approaches, city green driving accuracy that I want, but um I think he's going to get done when it gets the nitty gritty. So I've actually left him off now, Tom. He was there, but he's gone there.
0: And he does, he does have that though, doesn't he? He does. He is a very. I know he has, you know, got over the line and stuff, but he does look like kind of does he still will go backwards. Like in like we've seen people like Jason Kokrat take a massive step forward in mm-hmm. the last um you know year or so. And I just don't know if Connors has done that yet. Um uh, which is not it's not a massive knock. Like he's still although he's not massively young, he's still relatively I'd say inexperienced in the sense that he's not been out there for the longest time. And when you've got a game like he's got, it will happen. I mean it's happened it's just hasn't for Abraham Answer. So it will happen at the very top level at some point. We've seen him contend in, in big events. So um, I wouldn't be completely put off by him. But, but yeah, it wouldn't actually be for me. But uh, Brad, Joaquin Neiman, I noticed you put up on, on Twitter earlier. Um, i find him a very, very difficult player to get right.
2: Mm, yeah, I just think he's going a bit under the radar this week. I think obviously he's uh, he's creeping into a bit of form like St Judy carded rounds of 70 68 68 67 and along with another top 10 finish at the Olympics just like I feel like he's uh, he's coming into a bit of form and uh, it's worth noting that he did finish like uh, tied 30 here in 2019 uh, and he finished with a 66 like as his final round so it demonstrates what he is capable of doing here um and yeah I just think at 66 um, it was either him or the the bent grass beast that is Co-crack. Um <laughs> I I opted to go with Huacu uh, in the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think with with Co-crack, I I wanted to kind of be on the side of him because I think, like I just said, there he's he's made massive leaps forward. Um, he's ninth and twelfth at his golf course. It by all accounts should suit him really, really well. Um, you know, again, I'd said that it doesn't necessarily lend itself to big hitting, but I think his iron game is so complete. But the last two starts, you know, his irons have not been yeah, exactly. what they normally are, and I think I think you do have to kind of take stock of that. Like, if...
2: hundred yeah, percent, yeah, I completely agree with you, Tom. Yeah, yeah uh, I, 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 that was all it was that put me off was his uh, his last couple of events. It just hasn't been on it, has it? Like, hasn't been his usual self.
0: And the thing is, is like we know it can change so quickly, and like I think there's there's the the fear of like you get so involved in the in the stats that you talk yourself out of someone that is really really obvious. Like if you just looked at if you literally at course and current form over the last x amount of years, Codecrack will be one of the most obvious bets of the week. Like yeah. it's just because we've got all these stats available to us, they can be a blessing and a, and a curse, I suppose. But you have to go with what you've been given. Like you can't you can't just look at it and go Nah, no, whatever I'll just ignore it well you can and, and it can work out but I think, that, I think there's still some juice in that price just purely because he has lost those irons a little bit that people might not be on him um, Ian Poulter was really interesting for me um, because he's played the golf course very well like I mentioned earlier um, he's got two top 10 finishes here he loves these sort of he gets right up for this sort of thing I know yeah. there's I'm not a massive believer in motivation I said this last week going into the playoffs but there has to be something. It does mean a lot for people. Uh, his ball striking has generally been pretty good, uh, you know, as it can be for, for Ian and Poulter. And tenth at the Fedex and Jude, twenty uh, sixth at the Open was average, but fourth at the Scottish Open, third at the Charles Schwab. Um, you know, he's very, very steadily been in some really good form. Hasn't Mr. Awesome, form. Yeah. Yeah. awesome
2: form, yeah. Awesome
0: form. Not Mister Cut since the Wells Fargo back in May. Um, it's very course dependent for Ian Poulter. Like that. That's the thing with him is that. You won't see him finishing top ten every week because he just doesn't have the skill sets to do that on the PGA tour, I don't think. I think if he was to go as the European tour, he'd be there all the time. So yeah. sometimes I think that the, court, the fact that he sort of finishes twentieth and thirtieth and, and that kind of thing just helps his price. Like you know, ninety to one is a standout price with only five places, which isn't great. Um, but the sixty-six to one with with eight places was, or seventy to one with eight places as well was quite appealing to me. So. That's another one I'll have a look at. Um Kevin Narr I kinda of left out last week, is playing very well again. Um I just I just, I kind of got a bit disillusioned with this end of the betting because I just didn't have strong yes. opinions on anyone at a long price.
2: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean I got sort of focused on the top end of the market this week. I I do think that's where the winner is gonna come from and it is it was only really like in the 60 70, 80 range where range when I saw a few that I sort of fancied. Same as Jason, really like Connors did appeal to me as well as another one that I wrote down. Um, but yeah, um, I, I do think the winner is going to come from the top end. And uh, when you start looking further down, you start thinking, uh, no, no, go back to the your initial thoughts. You know, you can get easily carried away. <laughs>
0: You did. You did put
2: up Brandon Grace um, did. earlier, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because he is having a cracking season, and I mean, he did finish last week very strong, so he's missing out on the playoff. And you know what? This course can. It You know, it can get really windy, and I, I haven't looked at the forecast, but you know, the forecast can change at any point. Mm. Um, and if it does, there's no better player like who can uh, shape it in the wind, you know, than Brand like Brendan Gray. So um he's sort of just a, a value play, like my only value play of the um of this event. Yeah. I just think he's having a great season and um yeah and why not? You know, he's also also finished uh, tied thirty here and on in two thousand nineteen and he finished final round same as Joaquin and Neiman with uh sixty six so also demonstrating that he has the ability to play here so yeah Kevin Kisner, uh, Jason
0: we sort of obviously put up last week um, same price now same price despite the fact he's won obviously better company this week and slightly different golf course but he was he was tied 12th here on his only start of this golf course um, played very very well that week, any thoughts on him? Have a Donald Ross course isn't it? Hmm. Um, well this isn't but
1: uh, where are we? Hold on. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, if you don't know, <laughs> read the um, tour tips thing. Sorry, Tom. Uh, Webb said, uh, the Greens remind me of Donald's lost yeah, Greens. Yeah, I heard that. Um, yeah. yeah, so he did say that. Sorry, so I did you know, what I meant is uh, the correlation. Yeah. Um, so why not? I mean, not, you know, if he won last week, uh, doesn't make any difference, does he? I think he's good enough to contend. I don't think he's good enough to win um, if it comes out nitty-gritty of some of these big boys, but um, he's got the iron game, hasn't he? So, um you know, and he's confident at the moment. Why not? But well, there's,
0: there's been the, the, the two did well. as,
1: as you said, yeah. Webb did well around here, and he's the same player, isn't he?
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, well, even like Polter, I mean, everyone keeps likening Kisner being selected for the Ryder Cup as, as you know, and their, their argument is that Ian is going to be selected for the European
2: team. So. Um, oh, i think it's a no-brainer like i mean honestly he's got i think he's got a go in my opinion as a wildcard card. Pick, that's so, so that's the thing I'm, I'm on the
0: completely opposite end of
2: the spectrum in the
0: sense that i just think all of his match play form that everyone alludes to is just at one goal of course and he could just get massively exposed like when you look at
2: i know um, you you're true yeah yeah yeah, yeah like
0: that, that's the th- that like to me like if he'd have played it it's not his fault that he's only played at one place because that's just where it's been but if he'd have Mm. done it for decades like Kutra did or someone like that where he was just always up at the WGC match play whatever course it was at Dove Mountain or whatever then I'd be a lot more bullish about him but Mm -hmm. that President's Cup which was was obviously here um, he halved with um, Lahiri wasn't it on the the final day Um, I don't know if he was so much carried by Phil Mickelson but had Phil Mickelson sort of guiding him that week so I wouldn't put too much stock in the present oh, company. Sorry, it,
2: mate. Not You're talking about Kisner. I was talking oh. about
0: Poulter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry.
2: Yeah. No, no, oh, no, no, yeah.
0: No, yeah. yeah no, Poulter, I don't obviously, agree that Kisner should go.
2: If that's
0: no. It, yeah. no. No, there we go then. So that clears that up. But um, yeah, no. Kis- Kisner's not for me. Poulter is. Um, going on to the sort of slightly longer ones. Jason, I mentioned to you um, that Troy Merritt had played well here in the past. Um, he's probably slightly going off the boil now just at the wrong time but he's uh, he's up there at 250 275 to 1 so um, he's kind of worth having a look at but other than that like we said I, I don't have any that I'm really keen on outside of the, the kind of 33s and, and that's one anything for you Jason? Uh, only because he appears in all three lists he's got
1: absolutely no chance of winning it but there might be a bet for him and you might as well do it like Skyler and just back him every week until he wins but um, is Doug Gim. Can't win it. Absolutely can't win it. Totally out of form. Can't hit the ball long and about 20 yards, which is bizarre because he obviously got that um, trophy for the most eagles, I think, as, as uh, on the Masters way back. Um, but he appears as top 25 in the to it green and in scrambling. So sometimes you just have to take emotion out and maybe do what Brad does and look for a top 30, top 40. Can't see it, but the figures say yes. So
0: there we are. I'll mention him. Yeah. Any others, Brad, for you before we sort of wrap up and go on to the, the no, final that's major? That's it, mate. No, that's it. So we will go on to the obviously the women's open this week, Jason. We've been talking about the the ladies' golf um, sort of all year on and off, and you know, to me, it's Carnoustie this, uh, this week. They've just played the Scottish Open last week. Should give you kind of some insight onto that. Um, where has it been? The same names. Every time uh, that we've spoken about it, and Nelly Corder is the favourite again, and Lydia Coey is up there. I think this is a slightly different uh, betting prospect than, than it was the last couple of weeks we've spoken about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, obviously Popov came from nowhere last year uh, to win. Um, yeah, I agree. It's Carnoustie. Um, I'm not sure what the, the weather forecast is, but you know, any wind creates obviously its own problems. Um, I think experience is going to count. But like we say, you know, last year's winner didn't have too much of that. So it, it, it is what it is. It is an open, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the conditions are going to be a lot worse than we had when sort of Rory Carr would just had to dally down with no wind in his mm-hmm. open. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But I think experience will count. Um, I've concentrated on the scrambling list on both tours. Um, obviously, the LPGA being uh, slightly stronger. Um and obviously if we look back, I mean it's a long time since since they held the women's open, but uh, if we look back with Yan Yanni Zeng, anyone remember Yanni Zeng or you um, oh, well, yes, too young? Um we're we too young for a while. She was she was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Um but just really interesting. Um that sort of you know, as we know, South Koreans um really do dominate um, you know, the tours and, and I think there are bets here. I don't think you can look down outside the top lot particularly. Um, I've got one that is outside seventy-five to one. I don't know whether you, where we want to start or not, Tom. So uh,
0: well, if you go with your shortest price selection, and then uh, we'll hand it over to Brad. See any selection he's got, and then I'll add mine into the mix.
1: Yeah, two, two short ones. Uh, the Gone, um, fourth last week in Scotland. Um, host of uh, major form, obviously won the U.S. Open. or Whatever she, you know, she's been an absolutely awesome player. Um, has already won on the LPGA twice this year. Uh, sorry, once in once on the uh, KLPGA, I think it was a co sanctioned one on the LPGA, fourth back last time. Um, won't, won't shirk under pressure. I think she probably should have won Scotland over the weekend, but hey, oh, you know, Scotland isn't it? and anything can happen. Uh, brilliant record here. Um, long enough off the tee, she's accurate. You know, I, I can see why she's 22. I'm not saying necessarily she's a selection, but I can see why she's. T- 22-25 to 1. And uh, su Young Ryu as well, who's won the Korean Open, uh, second the Victoria Open, so doesn't mind win. She won the Japanese Women's Open. Um, when she won the Kia in 2020, her last win, she beat, I think, one of your players that you always say, a Yu-Ju Kim. And obviously, Kim has also uh, got plenty of form here um, in this sort of event. In the Open, she's got uh, fifth, third and third and an eighth and another two top 20s um again she's another one really experienced won't shirk it so they're the two shortish ones uh, um yeah move
2: on
0: brad any any for you in the in the women's open well, this week
2: i've got to admit i haven't laid any bets down yet um but i've generated a, a short list of who i who i like and um i think i'm gonna go on uh yuka Sasso. yeah that's um yeah and I, I love this girl and uh, after obviously the big win um, but yeah she's she's just a very good player like very tidy obviously showing what she's all about now coming from the jlpga and uh she's she's just very tidy like i said she can just uh, clean up around the greens well and i just feel like i wasn't sure last week how she would uh, how she'd fare on uh, a scottish links but she showed enough for me and i think um, this week she's she's gonna she's ready to fire you know like I reckon she's uh, she'll be adapted and uh, she'll she'll go well yeah
0: yeah and I think to me like a Thitikal is, is a really obvious oh, uh, gotcha. selection yeah. like like the, it's just right in front of you isn't it like the way she plays um, you know I spoke about her before in the last major about how she just one at such a young age and youngest ever a professional golf winner um her form is first fourth second fourth fifth fourth second including the second last week at the Scottish Open so um really really hard to oppose her but 18 to 1 uh about someone that's still well it feels like she's sort of found her trade now but um, you know still trying to learn such a fantastic
2: surrender. temperament hasn't she yeah but, like, and, she and she just I'm... seems like she can turn up on any track and just contend and she's just always got a smile on her face she's great to watch yeah I, I'm a really big fan of her but unfortunately I've missed the boat of her a lot of the times and haven't been on because she's just yeah too short for me but really I'm I'm wrong because like every time she contends so it's like I should just jump on her really but yeah, I do enjoy watching her
0: It it feels like that and it feels like Again, a bit like what we spoke about in, in the European Tour event, um, you know, you can just be put off by Price for just little reason, really. Like, there's no reason to think that she's too short. Like, just the way she plays. I mean, you'd like to her uh, to have gone over to the LPGA and won an event, I suppose, would be the one thing against her, maybe. But she's 18 years of age, so yeah, it's, it's. She's got time on her yeah, side. There's yeah. nothing, you know, the fact that she's even contended a major championship, she did at the Evian Championship, she finished fifth. Like, she's had that kind of. Um, you know, introduction to it. The one for me that that really stuck out was Amy Yang. Like she's been oh, playing. I too. agree with you there, mate. Yeah, I'll give you that. Really, really good golf. Um, you know, four straight top tens, uh, including two of the last majors, and then twenty second last week at the Scottish Open. Um, slow start last week, but had a really good weekend. Um, and then if you look right back to ten years ago when they last uh, last played course. here, she was fourth. So, um. And she's played well in. You know, she had a fifth place finish in the major in the Open before that as well. And like I said, she's had two top tens in the last two majors. So for me, like, she just makes a lot of appeal. Like I know
2: she takes a lot of boxes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like she went away for a while, didn't she? Like she kind of she had that run and and kind of took a back seat for a long, long time in terms of major championships. But once someone sort of goes back to back top tens, there's nothing really to fear anymore. Like and 45-1 to one, about someone of that, that caliber of 40s won seven places. Um, I just thought that was a great bet. And the other one that I kind of, well, two that I looked at, one was Emily Christine Pedersen um, mm-hmm. played well last week, uh, decided against her eventually in the end, uh, in favour of Esther Hensley. I think there's someone that you've been mm-hmm. on before, uh, yeah, Brad. Yeah, a few times, um, and I don't, I'll be completely honest, I don't know an awful lot about her, but just her sort of course, like her current form, you know, seventh Uh, Last week in the Scottish Open she had those back-to-back fourth place finishes didn't she in the LPGA Mm -hmm. about five or six starts ago She was 15th at the uh, PGA Championship as well after being sort of inside the top seven uh, after two and three rounds so For me, I just thought there was a little bit of value there on Mm -hmm. her um, That's 75 and 80 to one as well Um, But other than that, I didn't really have anything else to add
2: I've got to go back to another one that played in 2011 who was also creeping into some form um she uh nordweist yeah she yeah. finished uh, tied seventh back in 2011 she she loves a links test yeah. and uh, she's got a lot of experience on her side and yeah she's been playing really well recently so i feel like at 70 to one there's definitely some value there
0: i think the thing with that as well is that if there's gonna like most events now that she would play in she's probably She's not even that old, like she's 34, but she's been around for an awful long time. She seems she? like she's
2: been around forever. Yeah, yeah,
0: like she's she's heavily exposed, so you'd think that the best is behind her. And it's been a while when I mean, she hasn't won on the LPJ for four years, has she? When that was when she won the Evian Championship. But I just think the Open Championship, like it is in, in the men's game as well, is that experience counts for an awful lot. There's a lot of things that can happen on a golf course like that, and not many people would be better suited to it. Um, if you buy into the uh, the motivational things that people do, then Annika sorenston is obviously going to give her a lot of motivation recently, having won that uh, the senior major recently as well. So um, I haven't got I haven't got an awful lot more to add. Jason, you've got uh, an outsider.
1: Yeah, I've got a couple. Inju Chan, who we spoke about before the first major this year, who's sort of rediscovered the love of golf, having moved to America. Uh, won the US Open in 14, won the Eben in 16, tied 7, tied 8 and woven respectively. And what I really liked about her form figures was her scrambling. Uh, Lately, it's been ninth, 1st, 5th, 11th, and first, And that comes off some pretty decent greens in reg anyway. So uh, hopefully, she won't lose many shots to the field. Um, And if it gets difficult and it's around, you know, level par, two under par, she'll be right there. I thought thirty three 33-1 was fair. And then the, the sort of slight outsider really is Marina Alex, who's made seven cuts in seven tries at the Open. Uh, last two, tied 16, tied 14. She's only won once, the Portland Classic, but she beat Georgia Hall by four. Georgia Hall won, obviously, at Lidham, uh, when she won her Women's Open. Um, yeah, and she looks in, in pretty decent nick. And I thought, you know, when, when we look at it, it's exactly the same as the Northern Trust. It's very, very difficult to look too far down the list. Um, but the seventh last week was encouraging in Scotland. Um, she's got a 14th, uh, as I said already. Um in Scotland. Um yeah, seventy-five to one was fair but I thought to be honest the way I, I agree with you, Cosasso as well thirty three, but uh how many can you have?
0: Yeah, I think that the other name sort of caught my eye a little bit. It was Yaleimi No, um, playing yeah. some really, really good golf, but yeah. I didn't think she was missed, uh, Brad in terms of prizes.
2: No, I think yeah, she's been playing some brilliant golf. And I yeah, I agree. She's also on my shortlist, as well as um two Japanese outsiders who have been on quite a few times in the past but only, well, Shibuno is one of them, who always loves to turn up in a in a major, obviously she won in uh, 2019 um, the British Open and uh, she hasn't, the, the only thing is she hasn't been in the best of form, she's been playing over in uh, Japan and she hasn't been playing that like, great, she's but she's making cuts but like tied 33, tied 29th um, but yeah, I, I do think that she's a very tidy player. She scrambles well. She gets. I I feel like she might be value at 200 to one. And also the other one is um um her compatriot uh for, I'm gonna butcher her name Ayaka furu <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's definitely not how you say it because I've heard them say it on the um, TV a few times. Uh, but let's go with it. But yeah, she's 130 to one and she's having a great season obviously she did really well in the last major um and she's just been playing very well in the jlpga so i think she's also them two japanese girls coming over to play i think they could be good value yeah i
0: think i think the thing is with the 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 interesting dynamic that i kind of i mean i kind of knew it beforehand but more just when we've been focusing on this year is just how young um major winners are in, in women's golf you know it doesn't take long for them to get on the scene so I quite like the fact that you kind of see these short, shorter priced younger players and then all of a sudden a, a big experienced head can come in and, and take over and yeah. you know you, you see like you talk about Norvice there um, Caroline Masson has, has been playing well. Katrina Matthew will play well. And even uh, Stacey
2: Lewis as well. Yeah. Is another one that isn't getting spoken about, but I mean, she's just fantastic yeah. around links courses. And uh, but she hasn't obviously been playing that much regularly, and uh, and also not in the best of form. But she certainly wouldn't surprise me to see her up there, like at all.
0: No, I think it'd be interesting as well. Like Charlie Hole, I think this is the first time since we've been doing these, I've actually felt compelled to give her a second look. Like and you know, I think that she's always obviously a very very popular selection because everyone wants uh, an English woman to go well. Um, but she she obviously led after 54 holes last week and, and sort of drifted back on the final day. But that was a second fifth place finish in a row. Um, she was third back, uh, you know, three or four starts go before that as well. So it it's been very much like European based and and not a lot of sort of LPGA success recently, which is slightly off putting. But yeah, I think for me, like we've. Put a few names out there that are, you know, very decent value. I'm pretty happy with Amy Yang as a sort of 45, 50s one shot, Um, and that would be my sort of favourite bet there. Um, But I think unless anyone else got anything to add, that will kind of summarise our three tournaments for the week. Yeah, I'm happy with that. So what I'll do is I'll go through my selection so that I can give Jason the time to uh, turn his pieces of paper again. Um, I know he likes to, uh, to do that, and uh, I've got to do the same as well now, but I can do it and talk at the same time. But Jack Krojcevic, <laughs> um, for me, um, at the Czech challenge, you know, uh, Czech Masters, sorry, he was 28 to 1. Um obviously slight concern on the price but i'm going to go with it Schwann kim at 50 to 1 uh garrett porteous at 66 to 1 and i will give daniel young a look um you know as i said he was 750 to 1 on bet 365 but he's generally 400 to 1 and um, whatever you can get on betfair um over at the northern trust i just don't understand morikawa's price i'm pretty happy to take that um i will sort of to and fro about Justin Thomas for, for most of the week Patrick Cantlay I can certainly see the appeal there and Daniel Berger um, but Poulter for me was kind of the outsider that I, that I was kind of interested in I think it's a good time for him to uh, to step it up in time for the Ryder Cup um, and, and Troy Merritt is a massive outsider that's had some decent success on the course and then as we just mentioned there on the uh, the women's open um, I'm going to go for Amy Yang and Esther Henson so so Jason, your selections now, please. Yeah,
1: Kruiserick's obviously got no chance because everybody fancies him. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Darren Fishart fits everything um, that you need. For, I don't like him, but figures say yep, so yep. Uh, Sean Crocker that nobody likes. Again, fits everything I want. Uh, uh, Louis De Jager, Uh Yeah, I like ones that nobody likes. Uh, he's at 80, <laughs> I think. I think. I don't see why he's double the price for some of them that can't be as well. And, and I agree with Brad on Lars Van how? Um, <laughs> waiting at, for that all day. Uh, 200, 250, whatever he is, top 20, whatever you want to do. Uh, Northern Trust, um, Colin Morikawa, if you want one, don't see, don't see him being out of frame. Patrick Cat is too big as well. Um, and I'm going to go uh, Doug Gim as a rag. Um, and over on the Women's Open, um, I'm, I'm, like Brad, I have really, really knocked you down. Definites would be NG Chun, Marina, Alex, and uh, Yuko Sasso, possibly. Uh, but yeah, as I say, there's another couple that we've mentioned that, that also appeal, but they'd be the main ones.
0: Yeah, happy with those. And Brad, your uh, selections for the week?
2: Yep, yeah, for the Czech Masters, I've got um, the same as you both uh, Jack Kreuswick at 28s, uh, Jazz at 30s. And Van Tonder at 35s. Obviously, all them three have gone well at the Kenya Savannah. So I'm hopefully hoping that there's going to be some correlation there. And uh, I've got Valamaki, who could be a trap at 45s. Um, And then Rhys Enoch at 125s. And Van Mihel at 200s. And over to the Northern Trust, I've got uh, Rory McIlroy at 22s playing a lot better I just think that this is going to be a great event for him it could set up nicely for him and uh, Scheffler at 30s Berger at 30s Neiman at 66s and my value each way bet is Grace at 100s and then over to the women's British Open I haven't laid anything down yet and I've got a massive shortlist but I do like Yuka Sasso at 28s potentially Maguire at 40s, who I didn't mention before, but I think now she's drifted to 40s, I could go back there as someone I bet a lot on, and she's played a fair share of Lynx golf growing up, finished strong last week. Um, Nord vice at 70s, and the two Japanese players coming over, uh, Ayaka Faru and Shibuno, at 130s and 200s
0: yeah I'm glad you mentioned Leonie Maguire there because that is someone that's yeah. come up a few times isn't it Jason that we, yeah, about. Yeah, we like we yeah. Maguire yeah, yeah and, and I did kind of expect one of you to put him up so uh, I'm glad you went there Brad um, I think I gave her a second up, but just it felt like there was a couple of late rounds that kind of boosted her sort of recent results but uh, mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that one more Jason. thing
1: one more thing just quit an eye on Ricardo Gouvier who's going for his own personal hat trick this week uh, on a repeat of last week's course as well um gagged up there,
0: really on a really really difficult course. I hope he does it because he's one of my old favourites. There we go, Ricardo Guvier Are you going to be betting him? At, what was it eighteen to one? Is he favourite? Uh, eighteen to 1? no, because you'll be able to get eighty to one next year on the European Tour. <laughs> there you go. So play the long game. But guys, thank you very much for tuning in as ever. Um, Brad, thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to doing this again soon in the future.
2: Yeah, thanks um, for having
0: me. Yeah, I hope you had a good time. And uh, as ever, guys, if you can uh, rate, review and subscribe and all those good stuff, um, you know, you never know where that leads to. So uh, thank you all for your support and uh, catch you all next week.